Welcome to Rail Group On Air. This is Kevin Smith, Editor-in-Chief of International Railway Journal, and this is another podcast from IRJ, Railway Age, and Railway Track and Structures magazine. Shift to Rail has transformed European railway research since work formally began in 2016. The public-private initiative has fostered a cross-industry research collective between suppliers, railways, research institutes and universities. Shifted Rail researchers are currently tackling some of the industry's most pressing research and development challenges and are producing some encouraging results. On today's podcast, we will look at what comes next for Shifter Rail. The eight-year programme will come to an end in 2024, and on February 23rd, the European Commission approved Shifter Rail's successor, Europe's Rail, which will extend the research initiative until the end of the decade. Today's guest is Carlo Borghini, Executive Director of Shifter Rail. Carlo tells me about how Europe's rail will be structured, who is going to be involved, and what impact he hopes it will have on the future of Europe and the world's railways. I hope you enjoy the discussion. So uh, great to have you here today, Carlo. No, really nice to see you uh, over Zoom. And um, yeah, so obviously we're here to talk about the next stage of uh, Shift to Rail, Europe's Rail, which was confirmed on February the 25th. So yeah, just to start really, uh, you know, it was announced a successor to Shifter Rail. And what is Europe's Rail? And um, you know, when did work to start up this successor really begin? And, and how has that played out over the sort of last year or year and a half or so? Well, thank you very much, uh, Kevin, for, the, for having me here with you today. It's really a pleasure and uh, really a big opportunity to discuss about uh, Europe's Rail. Uh, because as, uh, as you said, it took, uh, well, 18 months, uh, a bit more maybe uh, on the preparation. We started to discuss about it when we started the midterm evaluation of ship to rail So it goes back to a few years ago. Uh, but at the same time, it's been uh, a strong uh, confirmation of the success also of the work we have done together in ship to rail with the member. The member have done the work at the end, the beneficiary. The sector has done the work to achieve uh, a Europe's rail result. So Europe's Rail is the successor of Shift to Rail. It's not a continuation, it's a successor. We don't simply continue Shift to Rail, but uh, we change the name not by chance, but because we have a new organization that will be set up. We'll take over everything from, from Shift to Rail, from rights, obligation, people, and so on and so on. But the idea is really also to, to create, uh, to, to show that we have a, a major um, change in the approach we have to rail research innovation with a much more system approach, a much more holistic approach, uh, and much more focus on impact. So this will maybe come back later on. So as the shift to rail remains a union bodies, and in this case, we'll have still uh, the institution of the JU, uh, but uh, with a much more clear focus that is driven by the sustainable and smart mobility strategy of the European Commission that has been published on the 9th of December. Uh, the targets there are quite clear. We need to, rail has to need, to need to contribute to the carbonization of mobility and transport together with other modes of transport. So it requires integration of the logistic value chain, integration uh, of passenger with also international passenger traffic, the capacity to serve the distance below 500 kilometers with a certain type of uh, rail services, building upon high speed clearly, increasing 50% of the rail freight by 2030, doubling by 2050, and so on and so on. So this is really, I think, is the framework within which uh, Europe's rail will start working. We are at now at really the starting moment of the setup and preparation mm. activity of the of the Europe's Rail. Yeah, I guess like Europe's Rail, the name. Like, where, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that was proposed as a transforming Europe Rail system by someone right. in the Commission. 
but once uh, someone else saw it, he said, no, it's too complex. Uh, she decided to propose Europe Trail. <laughs> right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and it remained like this. So at the end, it's not, uh, let's say, at the end is what we want, no? We want to have Europe Trail. We want to have, uh, in a few words, the fact is uh, our overall objective. We want to yeah. have a European network. Uh, yeah, we sure. To have people capable to travel across border. We want to have goods moving from the border that are the ports inland. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's that, that cross that cross European yeah, yeah. element. And so, who are the founding members of Europe's Rail, and, and what responses you get for the requests for expression of interest, which closed last October, I believe? So we had uh, much more uh, than the initial number was indicated by the Commission invitation, as you can imagine. Uh, all targeting the the minimum requirement of the thirty million euros and contribution. So this was really extremely positive. We have. Uh, 25 candidate members that are representing in much more balanced approach the, let's say, the European rail sector. So we have on one side, if you look at shift rail today, it was 75% manufacturers, 23% of operators, and we have a 2% indicative of reserve center. In, in this exercise, uh, we are really focusing on having an absolutely balanced approach uh, compared to uh, what is the current shift rail. And I think this really, uh, we have paid a lot of attention to look at it in the, in the overall process. Fundamentally, the idea would be to have a 50-50 balanced approach between supply industry and operating infrastructure managers. Uh, and this is the major difference of Europe's rail compared to shift rail. And, and it's not a difference by chance because uh, during the evaluation, midterm evaluation of shift rail, it became clear the importance of, have, of having the operating community infrastructure manager at large representing the European network on board. And also because these, uh, these uh, much wider representation of infrastructure manager and operators ensure also the possibility to do much more demonstration activities and much more impact and trying to more integrate the sector. So in terms of uh, companies, uh, we have um, clearly Alstom, Siemens, uh, well, Bombardier has been now incorporated in uh, Alstom, as we know. Um, Thales, uh, we have a proposal from Indra Talgo together. Uh, we have Kronor Bremse, we have uh, Fevely, Stracton, uh, Itachi Rail, and CAF. I think I've mentioned all of that. We have also a joint venture, is really, uh, which uh, consists of different uh, medium-sized enterprises. This is to give you the uh, supply chain to a certain extent. In terms of operators, infrastructure manager, Deutsche Bahn, SNSF, but also the Italian group, Ferrovide uh, Stato, Adif, uh, together mm. with the other partners in Spain, uh, OBB, uh, ProRail, together with NS, PKP from Poland, uh, they from Czech Republic, and uh, we have uh, also some other companies that are in uh, standby. So we have requests sure. from non-European member states that we need to understand how to manage. And after we have uh, a couple of research centers, uh, we have uh, clearly uh, also infrastructure manager traffic market uh, that I uh, didn't mention before in the list. Uh, but also we have um, a couple of uh, research centers. We have DLR and SAIT as a resource center. So these are the, 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 the founding members. So this is the major difference, the balance between the representativeness of the sector inside uh, Shift Rail and also a new geographical balance because we have integrated also PKP, uh, CD. Uh, we have also integrated much more south of Europe. So I would say it's much more representative of Europe. Clearly, we are not yet there. We know that we would like to integrate more eastern part of Europe because uh, still uh, is uh, only, uh, and maybe the Baltic countries more. 
but also we will count on the, let's say, connection of our new founding member to integrate them. Uh, in terms of urban transport, we don't have at the moment direct candidates coming from the urban transport. Uh, so before, for example, we had uh, Ostian, Vinellinen, uh, for example. So we, we have different type of ideas on how to integrate them, uh, maybe starting with the, the logic of, of the interfaces between rail and urban mobility, understand yeah. how we interface them, as well the same maybe for uh, some rail cargo operators, uh, if not always represented via the other major operators. But the list is published, so it's available in, now in the annex of the Single Basic Act, the proposal of the Commission. The, clearly, is a they are called candidate founding member because the final list will come with a proposal by the council in the next month. Sure. Is Network Rail among those members? No, Network Rail for the moment is, is uh, one of the members that is uh, subject to the final agreement, conclusion agreement of, technically speaking, association agreement of third country to Horizon Europe. Sure, sure. So, uh, and we need to see uh, how this will evolve uh, clearly and uh, is well above us, I would say. Yeah, indeed, <laughs> indeed, yeah. We won't go down that route for sure. <laughs> and yeah. clearly uh, from the uh, realization innovation perspective is a completely different pair of hands, but uh, we need to work in the legal framework first. Yeah, I remember I spoke to you over a year or so ago when we were talking about the foundation of Shift to Rail 2, as we were calling it then. And you mentioned though, getting members from Italy and Spain involved this time around, and obviously that they are. Is, is that met your expectations? I'm really happy mix? for this. I'm yeah. really happy for this because I think, uh, um, as I said, um, we are running a program that is covering the full life cycle of research innovation. And it's much easier for a supplier or a manufacturer of components, uh, would be uh, for an pin from the infrastructure or uh, Itachi from the system, uh, you can put whatever you, you, you think about, uh, uh, to have their own main clients also on board. Yes, sure. they can also develop new uh, testing facility with other uh, uh, clients, but clearly you have a much easier relationship with your clients. And if we integrate and combine all these together, we have the opportunity to accelerate afterwards the market uptake, because Absolutely. collectively we cover a large part of the market. Yeah, definitely. and this is the, the, what, how we can achieve the impact. And as I said before, we should not forget that we need to integrate also the rest of Europe in this manner. Okay, so what's the timeline then for formal adoption of Europe's rail? Uh, and, and will this um, go concurrently with the existing program for, for part of it? The existing program we run at the moment, the projects due to the cost. So initially we target the current projects to end towards the end of 2022. Honestly, with the COVID impact, we have a six months delay on average, a bit more, a bit less. So we will run up to most probably towards the end of 2023 or mid 23, depends a bit on the projects. Still, uh, the end date of the organization will be 2024, but the idea would be to try to uh, reduce to a reasonable minimum the overlap between the organization. So uh, we expect Europe's rail regulation to be adopted somewhere uh, in the second part of 2021. The, the Portuguese presidency of the council indicated that they want to, to try to do it uh, within their remit. This would be absolutely great and will be extremely grateful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but uh, well, it's not only shift to rail and Europe's rail, but is uh, all the 10 partnership proposed by the European Commission to the council to be established. So covering rail, aviation, medicines, uh, um, 
components, uh, 5G and so on and so on. So it's a quite complex legal act. So we expect that maybe there will be some important discussion that need to take place. But we target in any case the second half of 2021, earlier or later, well, we don't know yet. So what, when at the moment in which Europe's rail will start, all the assets, liability, contracts, stuff will be transferred from shift to rail to Europe's rail and shift to rail will be terminated. So we will have two programs in parallel. The shift to rail program that will be, as I said, targeting the, the, end, the mid end 2023 to phase out and the ramp up phase of the new program uh, for which we expect the first course, if everything is going fine, or end of 2021 or most more reasonably early 2022. Sure, okay. So this will, will ensure one year of, of overlap in order that the teams will be transferred from the different projects. So the project will be finishing, the, the team will start to enter in the new projects and so on and so on. Got you, got you. And, and how about the structure of the new programme? I believe you know, Shift to Rail as it stands had eight sort of overarching work packages. It, will, will that stay the same or are you looking no. to do something different? No, we will introduce a different logic because effectively one of the features of, of uh, Europe's Rail is the first, there, there are two pillars, what we call the system pillar, and the second is the innovation pillar. What we learn in the experience of shift to rail is not sufficient to look at rail research innovation. You need to do the full life cycle, including the future concept of operation and functional system architecture. How, not the system, how the system will look like, how rail operators intend to run the operations in order mm. to meet the expectation of the clients. Do we continue to run the operation in the same manner if we'll have satellite positioning, 5G automation, and so on and so on? Uh, which is the business model behind? This will be really the key elements. And the innovation yeah. pillar will be the answer. It will be not a development of the solution. It will be research innovation. So we'll be also challenging what will come as a concept of operation. But wow. this will allow to focus the two stream of work. And the objective of the system pillar is going to be beyond the membership, but also to attract the full European sector via the European association that will be sitting in the possible future governance of the system pillar. All within shift to rail, but we will have a dedicated system governance for the system pillar. So this will be the first point. The second point on the Europe's rail structure for the rail research innovation, we are looking at much more uh, maybe uh, slightly bigger projects. So if you look at the idea, today we have launched, launched projects within innovation program. Maybe in the future we'll be launching, the project will be the innovation program with sub projects, but also with a focus to deliver clear results in midterm. All our results at the moment in shift to rail are to coming as concrete demonstration 2021, 22. The idea will be in four years, we want to see clear results. If I take ATO, it would mean that ATO 3, GO 3, will be in 2024, let's say. And GO 4, it will be in 25 or 6. So mm. in a manner that those that would like to start to deploy the solution, they can already start if the regulatory framework is in place uh, and scale up when the other solution will come. The sure. idea is really to create this, this uh, uh, short-term impact of quick wins, but with the long-term vision of where we would like to go in the direction. Sure. Are you hoping then that Europe's rail in itself will, I don't know, it changed the thinking of railways, that they're thinking more in innovatively and it will seep you know, deeper into their, how they operate day to day. 
they're looking to implement these new technologies and ways of working from this project. Is that a fair objective? Or? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, um, I think uh, today, uh, sometimes we have physical barriers. We know yeah. it. Uh, we know it in the cross-border. Also, the language sometimes is a barrier, but sure. sometimes we need to, look to, to, to wear physical barrier, uh, break test, uh, lights, uh, and so on and so on. At the moment in which we'll go to introduce heavily digitalization automation, you cannot create any more digital barriers because they will be, this will be extremely difficult to be managed. You can compl manage complex system with digitalization automation, but it's extremely costly. So we aim at this objective to have, and this is the reason why we are looking at the concept of operation and the system architecture, because we aim at the objective to look at future system into which by design, we define a concept of operation that is based on a business model. So we will not have the same business model for high-speed network, mainline or regional or commuter. We no. need to have different business model and con maybe concept of, of operation and automation completely different. But this model can be replicated in all the member states. And the European net we need to have a European network of high-speed in which uh, I'm an operator, I take my train, like it is, no changes, I put in a network. The legal framework is already established by this, the fourth railway package, the market pillar and the technological pillar are already providing the strong legal basis for this. So this is really facilitating all this. Now our duties ensure that new technologies are designed in this manner. And just uh, obviously the expression of interest and we listed a lot of the member companies and, and member railways, is, is that now closed or can other people still you know, get involved if they're not already? Well, <laughs> uh, at the end uh, is, a, is a legal process. So it's a semi difficult yeah. to participate. Today we are working, we believe with the, those that have expressed their interest to come on board. Yeah. Uh, in the legal uh, act and the single basic act proposal of the commission, there are other form of partnership that being be considered like the associated members or the contributing partners. So there is a new category of partners. These will have to be seen once, I would say, the, the, legal, the legal basis is closed. When, when the regulation is defined and when the program is defined, it will be an important element to assess if there is a need to integrate or not the membership, which type of skill and competences. Knowing that compared to shift to rail, there is a major difference in Europe rail driven by Horizon Europe. There are not any more call for members and call for open calls. There is only open calls for everyone. Right. Okay. So yes, we will have to pay attention and will be the executive director to, to, to do this duty that we, in, uh, we have the, the, the leverage effect so that the, the member contribute the in-kind contribution they are doing. So that for each euro invested by the European Union, there is one euro invested uh, um, on top by the sector, but uh, uh, so this will be, but will be all open calls. So it will be an opportunity to everyone to join, also the founding sure. member, the future founding member in, in performing the work. Uh, and what is the budget for the overall program? So the budget is a 600 million euros funding from the European Union. Uh, of which 50 million euro will be dedicated to the system pillar. And within the remaining budget, there will be a part dedicated to the, well, administration to run the, the program and a part that will be dedicated to the long-term and exploratory research. So, well, uh, maybe it doesn't meet the expectation we had at the beginning to reach uh, yeah, <laughs> 1.5 sure. billion and so on and so on. But we should not also forget that uh, in the panorama, in the current situation, when Shift to Rail at the moment has 450 million euros funding. If you take away around 40 million euros that we have estimated that have been going to uh, UK, uh, not to go back to that, today we would have had in Shift to Rail around 400, 410 million euros, something like this. 
600 million euros, 50% increase. Is a major signal for this. Yeah, in absolute value, maybe yes, we would like to have more because clearly we would have created more opportunity. But still, it's a 50% increase. And I believe, uh, having uh, read the Single Basic Act, where all the GU's budget are indicated, we are the GU with the biggest budget increase. So yeah. it's really important message that has been given to the sector. And it's a major message that comes because the sector has demonstrated in shift rail, but also integrating other activities that we are able to invest the money and have any transformation projects ongoing. So, so where you, know, you obviously wanted or hope to get a bit more money, um, did that in, in any way change what you're trying to do here or did you have to adjust things with that in mind? We will have to look at it uh, more precisely. We will have to have more focus, uh, but I think maybe it's also good. Uh, but yeah. also, as I said, um, the new uh, opportunity are given with this logic of contributing partners. So it will be possible also to integrate within uh, Europe's rail, maybe national programs, and maybe have some uh, of our members also bringing the national program inside, contributing mm. additionally to the activities. This will have to be uh, understood and really put in place in the future years. But uh, Yes, maybe we need to refocus more the program. This is something that we need to think, clearly identify priority. But as I said, the priority are largely defined by the sustainable smart mobility strategy. Yeah. And, uh, and the second aspect really important is also the synergies. Uh, we need to leverage more on the synergies with the other partnership and the overall Horizon Europe program. Hydrogen, with uh, the fuel cell hydrogen or the clean hydrogen as is the new name, on batteries partnership, for the battery, on the 5G partnership for the telecommunication replacing a uh, current GSMR, and so on and so on. So there will be a lot of things. I had a discussion this morning with uh, uh, the colleagues in DG RTD discussing about, for example, the mission, the city's mission of the, the overall horizon Europe. And uh, we are discussing how Europe's rail can contribute to them. And when we look at the interface between the rail system and urban mobility, we have really opportunity to work together. So Europe Rail will have to focus on addressing the rail issue and shortcomings with an objective to, as I said before, to integrate a multimodal concept that is defined yeah. the smart mobility strategy. Absolutely. That's, that seems like no, a healthy approach in that rather than working in silos with these other organizations that are going on, that there is that cross you know, industry and cross sector thinking going on that you can actually lend to each other and benefit from working in each area. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, uh, it's a new thing we are doing. So uh, well, we have done already part of it. For example, the study we have done already with uh, uh, fuel cell hydrogen about hydrogen trains that also became, uh, and, and now there is also a demonstrator that is uh, funded by them. So we have already experienced of this year. This will be a moment into which we have to build uh, much stronger synergies and uh, leverage better the programs. Okay, so just maybe reflecting on you know, the, the shift to rail program, what for you has been the real successes of that, you know, as, as we, the end is, is coming into sight, I suppose, in the, in the next couple of years. And I mean, for example, we, I know, like sort of in 2019, you launched the, the catalogue of solutions. And has, has that been a major success, for example? Yes, this has been a major success because we have been able to transform rail research innovation and in some concrete results that will be start to shape, take shape. But I would say the, the major success is that um, uh, we were able to uh, introduce uh, some of the results coming from Shift Rail inside the future uh, TSI as the game changer fundamentally yeah. in the TSI package 2022, especially on the ATO, uh, maybe on some elements or uh, uh, in basis for the uh, 
continuous positioning with satellites still to be seen because uh, uh, it's a technology with a certain complexity. Uh, aspects related to the telecommunications, uh, also taking into account the FMCS uh, project uh, that the UIC is responsible for. So this really, for me, is a concrete sign of breaching the research innovation and the, the impact, because this will allow to bring them this solution to the market. Uh, well, I, I would like to mention from IP5, uh, the digital automatic coupler and uh, the new European yeah. duct delivery program that we built up together with the sector in a few months, not funding, and, and I think is a real success story and maybe a, a test bed for the future deployment of solution. Uh, although at a certain point in time, considering the investment, we'll have to think about how to fund this, this real deployment of the solutions. Um, but also there are tests going on on uh, infrastructure in uh, different countries. Uh, so components of infrastructure that have been deployed and tested. Uh, we have uh, uh, tests on IP4, so on the ticketing uh, going on at the moment, uh, in, at the moment also in the pandemic. So it's quite interesting in different yeah, capital sure. of Europe. Uh, we have the experience of one uh, open call like MyTrack. Uh, that has been now uh, funded by EIT Urban Mobility to develop a solution for uh, supporting in a tra uh, the availability of space on public transport in some countries or some states. So there is a series of, uh, I think I was reading last uh, weekend to finalize it, the annual activity report 2020, and I was really overwhelmed by the, the number of, of solution and work has been done uh, by the, the project manager uh, and by the people working the projects during 2020. And before we were looking at the progress, if you want, we were looking, okay, we will be doing this, we will be doing that. And now you can start to see, yes, we have this and we are testing it. Yes, we have that and we are testing it. In some yeah. cases, we are talking also about uh, uh, components like HVAC, uh, that are one of the key elements for sustainability because we are changing the gas inside this. We are talking yeah. about the uh, uh, traction system seal for braking system. So there is a, so much uh, coming up that really it shows that uh, uh, these five years have been intensive and yeah. we now have solid basis to, to work on. I think it's an argument that this program has really transformed European railway research, hasn't it, from where we were at the start of the last decade and you know, when the, the provisional discussions of this program were first starting and that now where we are with you know, cross-sector collaboration where maybe it wasn't there before. I would agree so, it's the sector, it's the capacity of the sector. I think we have underestimated the strong capacity of the sector, a sector that is clearly technology driven, maybe less known than many other for different reasons about the capacity of innovation. Uh, has been a sector driving always with the, the safety as a paramount objective. This objective is still there. We started to look at how the new technology, how fundamentally the enablers created by automation and digitalization are able to, to, to increase the performance of the sector in a completely different manner is a process that has touched many other uh, sector uh, on transport, aviation, road already. Uh, in rail is becoming maybe in a later stage, but now we have a speed that I think is uh, comparable to the other sector. And now what, what we like to see is that it start to go to the market. So this is the reason yeah. why Europe's rail regulation foresee this logic of system pillar, innovation pillar, and also a deployment coordination group that will be advising the governing board on how to bring things to the market. Are, are there any things, maybe challenges from the first thing that you might do definitely this time around? Well, we, we will see how, how it is in terms of, uh, I think uh, what, uh, one of the key objectives uh, is also to reduce the administrative burden for everyone. 
this is something that we are looking at. Being careful not to create new ones because you know when we change, we need to be. A, you of never course. know how it's going. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but to try to find a solution to address it, uh, maybe reducing uh, initially burden and focus more. So, for example, we, we we have been the first one in together with the commission, few projects of the commission to be using the lump sum grants. So this uh, is something that we may consider to use more because it's really a focus on the results and not so much on the administration. Right. Um, these are the things we, we are looking at, and uh, it clearly is a, is a partnership. So we are to be together with the members. So we had the first meeting, uh, two meetings now with the candidate founding members to start to shape and prepare uh, in a yeah. manner that when the, the single basic act will be adopted by the member states, they will press the button. We can press the button and start. And like with the organisations like DB, which and, and SNCF, which almost have their own sort of internal like research capabilities and development capabilities like how does that work with shift to rail and well it's uh, it's always uh, i think the the change that's happening this year not only for them but many other companies mm. is that i think uh, there is uh, much more awareness on the fact that we are as you said we don't do only research innovation but we are doing research innovation uh, to have an impact and this uh, require a connect connection inside the company between research innovation marketing procurement and yeah. so on and so on. I think this awareness has become big, bigger and bigger. So there is much more. Uh, I think uh, Europe's, uh, uh, well, shift to rail and Europe's rail will help to maintain this focus. And clearly, not all research innovation will go to the market. We have to be clear. We will have also, but the question would be we need to be fail fast, recognize it, and move on. Because otherwise, it becomes the development is not anymore uh, research innovation. And, uh, and I think this is the, the opportunity we have in front of us. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, yeah, it's, ex- it's exciting, and yeah, it's, I always enjoy you know, talking about shift to rail and stuff. I think it's you know an exciting element of the rail industry, and you know, really pushing things forward. And yeah, it's, uh, well, it's also a message for European Year of Rail because the European Year of Rail, too, yeah, one is there. Just, so this is an important message. And also, uh, I can tell you, the idea would be to have ninth uh, to tenth of December, we'll have the shift to rail innovation days. Okay, great. Okay. And the idea would be that if the single basic act uh, is adopted by then, so the regulation is adopted to have during the night of the uh, night, the official launch event, but more oh, cool. uh, a nice party, more maybe more. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, about uh, uh, Europe's rail, um, uh, maybe inviting the CEOs of the member to come and sign yeah. a declaration, something like this. Uh, but the idea yeah, would yeah. be to, to tell also the message, okay, we have discussed about what is Europe, uh, the European Year of Rail, what is about rail, how rail is innovate, but also we have the instrument to do it. Definitely. 1.2 billion euros of research innovation in, uh, for the next uh, decade to, to, to manage. Yeah. And if we are good, we will be able also to, to integrate other funding from, from or synergies with other JUs and so on and so on. So is it, I would say all in all is a quite an interesting opportunity. I'm sure a lot of people will be keen to get together and have a party. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, no, an exciting time. And yeah, the Europe's Year of Rail, like, I mean, that, that's a great initiative. And in a way, it's so frustrating that there's not you know, more things that where people can get together and discuss these things. But I, I yeah. guess you have to make the best of the situation we're in, right? So. Well, we have, uh, we are pl- for our side, I can tell you, we have three events we are planning. So there is uh, the idea uh, that is under exploration, so not yet official, of having a... 10T train going from Lisbon to Ljubljana, the oh, capital cool. of the European Union. But well, once again, is is an idea. Is not it will be framed and maybe announced by the Commission in the next month. Uh, the second is this. Well, I'm talking about what we do in Shift to Rail is hackathon. So we will have an hackathon most probably uh, in October, 
to involve uh, uh, research center, startups, university on rail aspects. So this yeah. will be one of the, the key uh, idea. And the second, the third one, uh, it will be the uh, Shift Rail Innovation Day. So there will be the three major events we have in 2021 as part of the European Year of Rail. After we may have other uh, ad hoc events, like for example, 29th of March, there is the launch event of uh, under the European presidency, on Portuguese presidency. There will be, we are looking if we, the Slovenian presidency is interested to organize some dedicated event, uh, yeah. also consider the, the, the area, also to promote the DAC, the digital automatic coupler in Eastern Europe. So we are trying, but this will be, let's say, more, um, specific workshops or dedicated event or something like this yeah, uh, yeah and we will present a strategy to the governing board uh, in this in march so uh, we have the governing board on 23rd of march so the idea will be to go there to present uh, more or less uh, the idea we have at the moment but uh, the success and uh, the idea of the european year of rail was to attract people not Definitely. the people of rail because uh, they're one yeah and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, it doesn't sound uh, at least uh, i don't think that before june we will have a major change uh, going on uh, in europe no no maybe, so, maybe they'll extend it and you know, 2022 the first half could be uh, the european year i don't know it's, uh, maybe yes uh, but yeah. it's a pity because uh, it would make sense to really to to show to uh, you see when you go to le bourget i know if you've been in in, in paris and aviation uh, the first days are are uh, dedicated to rail and uh, aviation and there are all the aviation people and, uh, and the last two days is open to the public yeah, yeah one yeah. comes to see the planes and see you know the big a380 flying on your head at 100 meters on top and it's yeah a, it's a lot of fun at the end it's a big uh, and it attracts it's really attracting a lot of people to come uh, and the same in the uk there is a farnborough i think uh, every day. yeah yeah sure and these are events so european you know, rail was really the objective to say okay we don't speak between ourselves we, we speak everyone yeah yeah yeah, yeah right? definitely and uh, to see that well what we what is going on and and uh, the, the current limitation are a bit unfortunate yeah absolutely kind of like in our country where you're kind of encouraged not even to use the train so to, to <laughs> promote it, it makes it a bit more difficult yeah so, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, i well. understand yeah. it uh, yeah. we need to live with it and uh, take uh, we see how to manage it but yeah there are a lot of virtual events but also there we have noticed ourselves that uh, the attention is uh, going slightly down yeah yeah because uh, in any case people largely spend uh, eight seven six hours a day on front of uh, a screen exactly exactly and um, you can capture the attention up one hour two hours but after it's becoming uh, really difficult so yeah definitely definitely yeah we, i mean i find that myself because you're doing it in the office you get distracted by daily day job things yeah it's uh, it is what it is but <laughs> yeah okay okay yeah well yeah thanks so much again for your time and nice to see you and hopefully yeah. i'll see you again soon somewhere <laughs> with pleasure yes we hope yeah. to, uh, face to face soon okay yeah absolutely i hope you enjoyed today's podcast and if you did please do leave us a review and for all the latest rail news please visit railjournal.com or follow us on social media at railjournal my name is kevin smith and this has been rail group on air